I couldn't feel anything. My mind was dark, racing, my heart pounding wildly, but I couldn't move. Breath quickening, I began to regain consciousness, body tingling from waking. I was covered in cold sweat, completely confused, vision foggy. I looked around to see where I was, senses slowly returning, the constant whirring of an engine. My eyes started to see clearly again, taking in the sight of the inside of a small passenger plane. Shaking my head, I pinched myself, wondering if I was dreaming. Nothing changed. I tried to get up, but found that my hands and legs were tied together. I was constrained to my seat, unable to move. Several straps were clipped around my body, like I was wearing a giant backpack. Footsteps behind me made me turn my head. I could see a figure through my peripheral vision. It stepped in front of me. They were wearing all black, including a ski mask to hide their face. I was unable to resist as they grabbed my face, shining a bright light into both of my eyes. I shook my head again as they released me. Grabbing something clipped to their pocket, they revealed a knife, holding it up to my face. The bonds on my hands and legs were cut. I tried to move, but was still so groggy that I didn't make any sort of meaningful escape. The figure was right there, grabbing me from behind and shoving me down the center pathway of the passenger plane. They stepped over me, moving to the side of the plane. They opened a door, causing a rush of airflow throughout the cabin. The person in the mask returned to me, grabbing me and forcing me to my feet. Before I could put up a fight or any protest, I was flung out the door into the open air. I screamed as I spun in the air, falling rapidly to the ground that I could see approaching. I was completely out of control, the sound of wind rushing past totally disorienting me, body flailing in the air. I tried throwing out my arms and legs, trying to stabilize myself in the air. It steadied me out a little bit, but I was still spinning in a circle. Desperately, I grabbed my chest, feeling for the straps that had been buckled around me. Had they put a parachute on me before throwing me out of the plane? I looked desperately for some kind of pull cord on the straps on the front of me. I didn't find anything. I looked down at the ground, which was rapidly approaching. I was losing altitude, and was going to hit the ground with full speed. I reached around the back of the chute, which took me out of my stabilizing posture and made me spinning even worse. I felt around in a panic, now looking for anything that could be a pull cord. Till finally I felt a small ball at the bottom of the pack. I pulled it hard, feeling the line release, a forceful sensation against the straps of the pack, and a rapid deceleration through my body and mind for a loop. The deployment of the parachute was still much too close to the ground, though. I was skimming the tops of palm trees, heading into what looked like a heavy jungle island surrounded by water. As I got nearer to ground level, I was going over the top of a white sand beach. My feet touched water as I landed in a clear blue liquid just off the shore of the island. I had managed to survive the fall. I was able to stand up in the shallow water, parachute floating in the water behind me. I counted myself fortunate I had not landed too far out into the ocean. I likely would have gotten tangled up in the parachute and drowned. I unbuckled the components of the harness, securing it to my body. I carried the whole thing to shore, unsure if I would need anything from it in the future. 
As I dropped the pack onto the beach, I looked around and saw dozens and dozens of other parachutes, all scattered across. They were all in varying states of decay or destroyed, all different colors, creating a sort of kaleidoscope image of what would otherwise be a beautiful beach. I stood there for a moment, taking in the sight. Did each one of these parachutes represent a person like me? Though the equipment on the beach didn't pose any sort of threat to me, the sight of it gave me an uneasy feeling. Suddenly, I didn't feel safe sitting in the open on the beach. I made my way to the edge of the jungle, intent on finding some cover in the trees, till I could find out more about what was going on and where I had landed. The white sand burning my feet in the hot sun, legs still wobbly with uncertainty after the unplanned skydive I just took. Thinking as I walked, trying to remember where I was before the plane. Remember I was downtown. I had met up with some friends at a bar. I thought I could get a cab, but decided to walk home instead. I passed a dark alley, heard footsteps behind me, then everything went black. Was I attacked? I must have been. I don't know how else to explain how I ended up in this situation. The revelation that I had been assaulted, making my stomach turn as I reached the edge of the jungle interior. Making my way through the palm trees, the lower vegetation started to get thick very quickly. I was making my way through using some shallow canals that appeared to have been carved into the ground. These were really strange formations in the earth. Though there was water flowing in them now, they didn't seem to be created by any sort of stream or natural waterbed. It was as if someone or something had worked them over time. My feet stuck into the muddy ground, splashing the water and making all sorts of noise as I made my way into the interior of the island. I stopped dead, though, as a sound unlike anything around me pierced the calm wilderness. It was like a low growl and heavy footfalls ahead of me, like the bushes, small trees, and other vegetation was being crushed as something was walking through it. The sounds were also getting closer, coming right toward me. The uneasy feeling I had on the beach had not left me, and I didn't want to run into anyone or anything else till I had a good look at them. I made the decision, then, to get out of the channel I was walking through, keeping low and trying to conceal myself in the tall plants that made up the jungle floor. I got behind a fairly thick palm tree and waited, hoping to see any sign of what was making this noise. At first, I couldn't explain what I was seeing, thinking my eyes were playing a trick on me. A reptilian creature, roughly nine feet tall, was stomping through the jungle amongst the trees. It was crawling on all fours at first, almost in a prowling motion. It looked as if it was hunting for something. The reality of the situation hadn't escaped me, though. I knew it had to be hunting for me. It raised its head, looking out amongst the trees, trying to survey the outer edge of the jungle for anything moving. It stood up, shockingly without any discomfort at all, as if it could go from quadrupedal to bipedal as it pleased taking a look again at its surrounding from the higher vantage point. To my surprise, it looked up into the sky, seemingly following a trail I could not see. Then I heard it, the sound of an incoming plane. I also looked from my hiding place to see if I could spot the approaching craft. This thing, it must have enhanced hearing senses given it picked up on this before I did. 
The plane got louder and louder as it approached. I could see it as well, low flying and clearly intending to make a pass over the island. As it did so, I saw an object fly out of it, a large flailing object. This was another person like me being shoved out of a plane. For a moment, I didn't think they would activate their parachute. Just like me, though, they managed to find the pull cord and activate their parachute successfully. They hit the sand of the beach with so much force that it seemed to knock the wind out of them, parachutes slowly collapsing on the sandy beach as they gasped for breath. The monster moved then, taking the opportunity to pursue this new arrival while they were in a weakened state. Moving back to its quadruped stance, it moved with incredible speed to the beach. As if it knew the ground, the position of every tree, it bobbed and weaved through them straight to the person on the beach. They were noisy though, just like I was moving through the brush. The new person noticed the approaching figure. They saw the reptile as it revealed itself on the beach. They screamed then, scrambling for the parachute harness across their chest, hands shaking and panic setting in. They were unable to release the buckles constraining them to the lines of the parachute canopy. As the creature approached, they abandoned their attempt to free themselves, rolling onto their back and trying to move away from the reptile on their hands and feet. The reptile moved on them quickly, moving over top of them while they were in this supine position. It held for only a moment, looking over this person. Then it moved, grabbing the person by the chest and arm, dismembering them instantly. I looked away as the person screamed in pain and terror. A loud crunching noise began as I could only assume the reptile had begun eating this person. I forced my eyes open again, seeing that the reptile had begun dragging their victim back into the jungle. They reached the outer edge, pulling the person into the interior by the very channel I had used as I made my own way in. These were made by the dragging of this thing's victims into its lair. Panic started to set in then. I was shaking, but was able to start moving away. Noise concealed by the screams of the reptile's victim. When I reached what I felt like was a safe distance away, I retched, unable to control the wave of fear, confusion, and panic that was overwhelming my body. Continuing to make my way away from the last location of the monster, I made my way to a small hill. The smell coming from this area was absolutely horrible, like rotten meat sitting out in the sun for days on end. Despite my better judgment, I crested the hill to see what was causing the offensive odor. Below me, a pile of bones and half-eaten bodies were littered all around. Several of them looked recent too, still wearing the clothing they had landed on the island with, but clearly been killed by the creature. Arms, legs, heads removed. Several had seemingly been killed by deep gashes in critical areas of the body. I had unfortunately stumbled on this thing's lair, its kill pit. I didn't know what to call it. I was disgusted, but also terrified that I had wandered right into the very place I was trying to avoid. Then I heard it, the approaching heavy footfalls of the reptile creature coming right toward me. I looked behind me and saw that it was coming right in my direction eyes locked on me. I stood and ran, everything I had put into a sprint for my life. The creature picked up speed as well, easily keeping pace and gaining ground on me. I didn't know what else to do. I kept running, zigzagging through the trees in an attempt to slow it down by putting obstructions between myself and the monster. 
It didn't help, though. It weaved between the trees with ease, finding ways to continue to keep pace with me despite its large size and the thick vegetation of our surroundings. I crested a small hill, chest burning, head rushing with adrenaline. I continued my flight down the slope in a vain hope of escape. Just before the creature crested the hill in its pursuit, I felt the ground give way below me. I slipped, hitting my forehead against the ground and then falling backward onto the ground itself. I hit a new, rocky surface, hard, head spinning, vision going black. The reptilian seemed to pass over the surface of the hole I fell through, continuing its pursuit and not realizing I had fallen into this hole. I blacked out then, succumbing to unconsciousness as my body reeled from the injuries of the fall. I awoke, I assume several hours later, the light above me orange and faint, as if a far-off sunset was casting only the smallest amount of light through the entrance to this hole. I felt my head, which stung where I had crashed down onto the rocks I was now laying on. My vision was still blurry, spinning, but I took in what looked like a small cave, the only light being provided by the small hole that was covered mostly by grass and bushes. I grasped my forehead and temples, trying to shove down the pounding headache that invaded my senses. I opened my eyes, feeling around in the semi-darkness for some sort of way out of this place. As my eyes adjusted to the darkness, I was able to make out several long sticks with wrap and what seemed to be some kind of tool. It was only on closer inspection that I found a lighter and what was unmistakably some torches left at the entrance of this cave. I couldn't just sit here in the darkness and await being found by the reptile, so I took the chance and lit one of them. The cave illuminated in the golden flame, giving me a view of my rocky surroundings. The small hole I came through was visible, of course, displaying what was now becoming the night sky. The hole was high enough that I wouldn't be able to jump back to it. I was trapped in here for the moment, unable to find a way back out. Exploring the walls further, I was able to see another cavern attached to this one from the light of the fire. I went to it, peeking my head in and trying to get a sense of any danger beyond. It looked like I would have to crawl through a small passage, but that there was an even larger chamber beyond the first. For lack of anywhere else to go, I pressed on, hoping to find more tools and maybe further means to survive like I had found with the torches. As the next chamber illuminated from the light of the torch, I took in what looked like a small shelter that had been constructed in this small place. Another strong smell of rotting flesh was apparent in here. Unsurprisingly, I found another corpse, sitting in the corner, head bowed to its chest, only this person did not appear as if they had been attacked or eaten by the creature above. Their body was still in a state of decay, meaning to me that they had died and began decomposing less than a year ago. I looked to my left and found some small blankets were bundled up on a flat area in the corner. This person had clearly been sleeping in here. Next to the blankets were several empty cans of food. This person appeared to have survived down here for at least a little while before eventually succumbing to thirst, hunger, or some other natural cause. Out of the corner of my eye, I spotted something unusual on a flat section of the cave wall. As I moved closer, I realized that some words had been carved into it, undoubtedly by a person previously inhabiting this space. 
they read as follows. There is no escape. We are its food. We are being fed to it. I sunk to the floor then, taking in the words displayed before me. Everything that I had been guessing about what had happened to me verified on the wall in three simple sentences. So there truly was no way out of here. It was death to the creature above, or a slow, painful death hiding in the darkness from it. The words, unmoving, hung there in the flickering light of the fire, ominous and foreboding, letting all who passed before and after me know of the doom that had befallen them. Thank you.